Today's podcast is brought to you by the Bioceuticals Integrative Oncology Workshop with Dr. Lee Zalchula. This full-day program will run between the dates of the 20th and 28th of July across Melbourne, Sydney, Gold Coast, Adelaide and Perth. The intensive class will explore key concepts and therapeutic integrative strategies for breast, prostate, colon and lung cancers, as well as how to support toxicities associated with conventional treatment. By the end of the day, you'll be able to confidently implement this important aspect of patient care into your clinical practice. For more information and to register for this critical event, please visit the Bioceuticals website at bioceuticals.com.au. This is FX Radio and I'm Andrew Whitfield-Cook. And with me on the line today, all the way from cold, chilly Tasmania, is Dr. Roberto Di Salza, who graduated from Palmer College of Chiropractic in 2001. Now, he's also gone on to receive a master's degree in health education promotion and received postgraduate certificates in clinical chiropractic paediatrics from New Zealand College of Chiropractic, which is his area of passion and expertise. But Roberto does a lot more. He's the principal of four clinics. He's also married and has two young, beautiful sons. And Roberto recently received the Beamer Award, not just for excellence in chiropractic, but also because of his research publications. Roberto, welcome to the program. Thank you, Andrew. It's great to be here with you. Roberto, tell me first about prior to your chiropractic career, what drew you to learn this profession? Basically, I was starting to become a medical doctor. My dream was to simply help people achieve greater um, levels of health. Mm -hmm. And also, I had a huge passion to travel overseas and to take health care to people who did not know it before. But whereabouts, where were you based then? Were you based in Brazil? I was based in Brazil at the time, and I made a move to the United States where I was studying pre-med. And while in the States, I became a volunteer with a couple of Christian missionary organizations who took me around the globe. And over in the States, so so you did your pre-med and then you thought, medicine is not for me, I want to do chiropractic. What was the change? The change was basically I was starting to become a medical physician. And two of my um, mentors at university were advising me against it because they were so tired and complaining of the unhealthy lifestyle that they had to live to be a medical physician with the horrendous hours they were uh, working and the self, the lack of self of control that they had over their own work schedule. So they tell, they, they kept telling me, you need to look for something else. So I started looking and I came across a very congruent chiropractor in a beautiful state of Hawaii, mm. whom I admired and looked up to, and um, she influenced me to uh, research further into chiropractic. And and where did you first study chiropractic? In it, at Western States Chiropractic College in Portland, Oregon, was yep. my first start. When I left the beautiful sunny Hawaii, <laughs> I wasn't really keen to go back to the Midwest of America, where the temperatures can go from minus forty to plus fifty in the summer. So it's such extreme. Wow. And I was looking for somewhere a bit more mild. So I yep. thought the West Coast would be fine. I enjoyed California. 
So Oregon will be a good place to start. So I went to Western States Chiropractic College. And tell me about the actual chiropractic course, because isn't it a little bit different from the States compared to Australia? I believe so. I didn't quite go through the chiropractic here, but in the States, it's a professional degree like law, medicine, engineering, and many others. Mm -hmm. So you have to actually get a full bachelor's degree first, which requires a minimum of four years full-time university studies before you're admitted and accepted into the to the Doctor of Chiropractic program. And in at Western States Chiropractic College, the college had an agreement with the Oregon Health Sciences University Medical School. So the first year of our training was exactly the same as the, what the medical physicians would have to do yeah. with their anatomy, physiology, nutrition, and so on. So we shared the same classrooms. And indeed, it, is it true that in, uh, chiropractors over in the States can prescribe certain medications? Is that right? Some states do allow for that, and some colleges will allow for that, as well as the college that I went to in Oregon, Western States. They also teach them obstetrics, and they can deliver babies legally um, and also um, do minor surgeries. Right. And and where are we with chiropractic here in, compared to the USA? Um, Australia has a very, very solid chiropractic base. Um, a lot of our chiropractors here are very congruent with um, utilizing the science, the art, and the philosophy of the profession. So trying to create a balance where we actually look at optimizing the body's full potential through the utilization of natural resources without surgery or drugs. Mm. Mm. So let's fast forward now to your current practices. You have Mm -hmm. a special interest, right? I do. I do. I, I love pediatric care, which involves family care and looking at the holistic approach to health as human beings are even in the thoughts before they're even conceived and start working at optimizing a person's health before they even have that baby to come into being. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your study with this, because that would have been a, quite a, a large undertaking. A large yeah, it un- was. Undertaking. It was quite, quite extensive, to be honest with you. I didn't realize what I was signing in for, I don't think. Because once you finish uni, you think you know most things and you're just going to fine-tune a bit of this and that. But it was actually very intense. It was a three-year program. I had to travel to Auckland, New Zealand, which was a lovely place to go to, um, leave my family behind and have some intense modules there and a a large component of online reading assignments, publications that I had to do. Mm. But it also – I was – Fortunate enough, when I came to Tasmania, to be the recipient of a national um, grant from the, the Australian government, uh-huh. who paid for all of that training that I did in New Zealand for three years, wow. which was quite extensive. Yeah. And after finishing the three years of extensive um, training, we had to sit through a four-day full live examination yep. of all of our skills with these chiropractic pediatrician um, from the United States who traveled to New Zealand and to test us, and they drilled us. And it was a phenomenal growing experience for me. Wow. And you've gone on to publish papers. Uh, Have they been around this subject? Yes, they have, actually. Um, The first paper that I published in in early 2008 alongside Dr. Philip Ebro, who was then the head of the chiropractic department at RMIT University in Melbourne, Mm -hmm. Um, we did. We looked at the wellness concept um, that is circulating around chiropractic practices. We ran a research instrument or questionnaire which um, basically asked the chiropractors around the country what the word wellness really meant to them 
And we went into the details of that in our publication. And then the second journal or the second article that we published, we did a pilot study here in Launceston where I live. Mm. And we had a questionnaire to test the non-musculoskeletal um, improvements of a patient going to the chiropractor. So most people um, tend to directly associate chiropractic with back pains, headaches, and neck pains. Yes. Yeah where we were actually looking for other variants, such as quality of sleep, breathing, um, toilet habits, and stamina, um, mental health and well-being, and then we measured those pre- and post-treatments. Um, yeah. And, and they and saw an amazing difference. Yeah, and, and they were published where? They were published in the Chiropractic Journal of Australia, um, which is a peer-reviewed um chiropractic journal that's probably the largest in the Southern Hemisphere put on by the Chiropractic Association of Australia. And that specific article was actually chosen in 2008 as the um, article of the year. So at our national conference in Canberra, uh, we received the award of having published the best article of the year, which was quite humbling in, in yeah, yeah. Exciting. well done. So I might Thank point you. out for our listeners, um, De Souza, um is D-E and then S-O-U-Z-A, initial R, yes? Yeah. And though uh, people can go and search that in the Australian Chiropractic Journal. Is that the name of it? Yes, they can. They can, the Chiropractic Journal. If they put my name mm-hmm. in research or article, they will both come up on the top of the search normally. Lovely. And you've recently also won the uh, Beamer Award for Excellence in Chiropractic. Tell me about your experiences at the symposium and, and you know, what did you glean from that symposium? It was an amazing symposium, very well run and organized by BioSuitors, of course. And they had some amazing speakers, one of which I really got so much out of um, coming from the Institute of Functional Medicine in the United States. Some of these guys are tremendous. Mm-hmm. And we learned so much to do with the fact that the brain and the gut connection produces just about everything that the body's capable of maintaining health and um, and homeostasis. So it was just an amazing eye-opening experience, so excellently done that I couldn't fault anything about the symposium and then went to this amazing dinner banquet that I thought I was just going to have a great old time. And (laughs) then my name was announced as the winner of the award, which was an amazing surprise, and it was one of the first times of my life that I blushed and I felt anxious and uh, nervous, which was quite and, different. And then we danced. That's right, and then we danced, which was awesome. And, of course, the speaker that you're referring to was Dr. David Harsey, yes? That's correct. An amazing guy. Yes, he is absolutely incredible. Roberta, tell me about the children that you see in your practice and, and how you're treating them. Chiropractors very commonly use supplements um, to aid in their therapy. How do you find the use of supplements with children? Do you find it them, you know, very hard to get compliance? Or no, no, no. As a matter of fact, it's very effective and a very easy way when I treat the children to explain to the parents the importance of having supplementation, especially with the children that are that we're dealing with, the primary primary reason that they come to the chiropractor, first and foremost, is that these children have dysbiosis of the gut. Mm. But they turn out to me with all the symptoms, such as skin rashes, they have difficulty sleeping, they, they are irritable, they're tired, they don't sleep very well, they don't breastfeed very well for whatever reason. And I always take the parents back to the physiology 
I take them away from the symptoms and I we try to focus on the cause of the problem because mm. that's actually what chiropractors try to achieve with the patients anyways. Yeah. Of course, I perform my chiropractic examination. I make sure that their structure integrity is good. We adjust as needed to clear off any interferences to the nervous system. And then after we've accomplished that, we then focus on the area of nutrition, which is huge and paramount. And a lot of the patients and the parents understand that these kids need a supplementation to get them out of the rut and get them back into health. And they are very compliant, and we see some incredible results. And um, I feel very blessed to live in a country such as Australia, where we have so many good ethical um, uh, supplements that we can use for our children here. Mm. I've got to say, you know, the TGA really is, the, that's the Therapeutic Goods Administration, um, mm. l- like them or like them or hate them sort of thing, but they're, they're actually, mm. we really do have the highest standard of quality we for do. nutritional supplements, the highest quality assurance. We do. Absolutely we do. And even when I worked in the United States prior to migrating to Tasmania, and I was in clinical practice in the U.S. for three years, we were importing supplements from Australia because we knew of the high caliber and quality of what you produced here. Mm. Roberta, delving in a little bit to your passion of treating children, is there Mm. any particular types of conditions that you really have a knack or a passion for? Um, Overall, we see a lot of what I would say is children who have had difficult births Mm-hmm. or unnatural births, as I would call them, because I actually was a result of that. Yeah. I was born um, as a cesarean baby, a C-section delivery, because, not because my mother had to, but back in Brazil, um, it's probably 99% of the women choose to have cesarean because it's just convenient, yeah. and it's become a cultural thing. Mm. So um, I have a passion to help these babies because I have been through a lot in my own journey, of learning the fact that I started life with the, the incorrect, um, you know, normal functioning of my gut because yeah. I didn't even get to swallow the, the normal bacteria coming out of the birth canal. So um, I do. I have a passion, I suppose, for the kids um, who just don't have a good start to life. And how do you track their um, their therapy and their their results? Um, what we do is with all of our ki- or with all of our patients, really whether they're kids or adults, but mainly the kids that I see a lot of them in the families. We have a complete thorough full examination done at first, Mm -hmm. and then some of those kids um, end up having um, slight bits of um, testing done alongside to support what we're trying to achieve. And I find working with the GPs or the pediatricians in my area who have been very supportive of my work, um, they can even be helpful to me in testing or retesting some of the bloods or some of the chemistry that we do with the children to try to help um, objectively finding what we're trying to change. So we're not just aiming for the general shooting in the air and hoping that it's going to work. We actually have specific things that we do progress reports on. Um, Of course, we don't use x-rays on our young patients unless there's a huge reason for that, mm. but mostly to do um, with you know saliva tests with some of them, some functional tests with some of the children, and blood chemistry, which is very helpful to uh, track the progress of their health. So I'm I'm actually happy, really happy to hear you say that because you know medicine is generally skeptical of chiropractic, but you're actually working in with medical professionals and yeah. and doing objective measures to to mm. um, uh, of your clinical outcomes. So this is great That's news. That's right. 
It is, it is. And I've always had a bit of that, that science um, brain in me or the passion for science. I love science mm. because science is, you know, is designed to, to validate, uh, you know, what works and what doesn't work, then we'll just let go. And mm. uh, I have always had that as the forefront of my practice, that I am here in my community to make a difference to the patients by working with all the health professionals. I'm not here to bash anybody or to try to prove that anybody's not doing the right thing. I think everybody has their place to play. And I introduce myself, you know, to a lot of the GPs and the people that I didn't know here before. And I pretty much told them that I was here to to help them serve the community. Mm. And that's the spirit that we should operate in, I believe. Absolutely. And I tip my hat at you. Well done for you. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. Roberto, we mentioned before about you know you you utilizing supplements to aid in your therapy. What, what mm. sorts of supplements are the most common that you see in your practice? Well, the most common for us is as chiropractors, we're dealing with a lot of musculoskeletal complaints usually. So we start off with the magnesium, mm-hmm. which is a huge one to support nervous and muscular systems. And of course, we have to address the, the gut, which of course the probiotics is our second most popular supplement. And that the third that goes along with that are the fish oils or the essential fatty acids, I should say, that supports immunity, supports brain development, and also reduces inflammation in the body. So I'd say if I had to be in a deserted island, if I could only take three supplements to treat people, I would take magnesium, a, a probiotic, and a fish oil or an essential fatty acid of some sort. Roberta, tell me about the probiotics that you utilize. Do you tend to employ broad-spectrum ones or single strains that have got some evidence behind them, or how do you manage your practice? Mainly, I normally look at the patient's presentation and clinical needs and, their, of course, their, their history of dysbiosis. But the majority of the patients do quite well, starting with a general-spectrum or a, um, you know, a large-framed one. Mm. Um, to, to begin with, and then as we get to know that patient needs more specifically, some of them require more uh, specific ones, yep. um, single ones, and so on and so forth. So we pretty much work with the patient. But I'd say as a general rule, we start with a generic one, and then we move on to the specific ones as time allows us to. And what about with magnesium types? Do you tend to prefer you know, one one type of magnesium or just go for a magnesium like a powder I would imagine in kids or how do you manage yeah, that? Yeah, the kids tolerate the powders very uh, a lot better of course than the tablets although I'm finding that the school age children prefer the tablets. Yeah. Um, I always love the magnesium and I find it so helpful when you have a little bit of the B6 that accompanies the magnesium. Mm-hmm. I just find that it just gives the liver that extra bit of boost to assimilate, to detoxify and to calm the nervous system down. So um, whether it's the powder or the tablet version, I find it very helpful, um, you know, to uh, cater again for what the patient's needs are and what their preferences are because some people love the drink. So we, cr- we put the powder, we make the drink, we make it fun for them. Others, nope, I can just swallow the tablet, so we just go down to, with the tablet. Right. I think you said a very interesting point then. You make it fun for them. Yeah. I think that's a really key point about making the therapy. You know, if you've got to Absolutely. take something, you might as well make it fun. Tell me what you Absolutely. do. How do you make things fun for kids? Yeah. One of the things that I never forget about working with children and working with myself and understanding myself as a human being is that our human brain was designed to seek pleasure 
and we avoid pain. Mm. So anything that we perceive a therapy to be painful or unpleasant, we will naturally and normally try to get away from it. So what I try to do is I bring chiropractic or I bring nutritional therapy down to a fun, understandable level that a child can relate to. So just to give you an example, in my own office, I have um, some of the demo supplements that I use that I actually make a drink where I compare with another favorite drink that the child might have. I ask questions. I say, so if you were to come to my house and we're going to have a drink together, which sort of flavor would you like? If I had a raspberry juice or an orange juice or a lemon lemonade sort of juice to give you, which one would you prefer? Most of the children would tell me what they love. Uh-huh. Some of them would say, I like the orange juice. And then I know that I will give them the orange flavor, um, magnesium in this case, yeah. to supplement. And I always make the first drink for them with me so that I can always see eye to eye and gauge that their brain is actually enjoying what they're drinking so that I know that, that the parents won't have to try to convince them like that. That's, oh, that's why I think it's worked so effectively. That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Mm. Roberto, a bit of a flip, but you, you mentioned before about you know your extensive training and, and chiropractors are nationally registered with APRA. That's right. What benefits does this bring to your profession? And, and along with that, what responsibilities do you have to be aware of? Yeah, well, I actually um, think that it's been a good upgrade to go from a state-based registration to a national. APRA is a huge organization which oversees so many of these different other health professionals which are trained just like chiropractors. Chiropractors in Australia are required to have a five-year intensive um, university degree just like a lot of our other colleagues. So therefore, mainstreaming the regulations have also brought our standards up to a higher level so that we actually have higher responsibilities, we have more participation uh, with legislation, and hopefully we're keeping the standards high for um, for our profession to uh, break through some of those old myths and misunderstandings and a lot of the ignorance that some of our medical colleagues have had regarding chiropractors and their training in the past. And just to wrap up really quickly, you said before you, you actually own four clinics how do you spread yourself amongst those four clinics? How do you manage your time? <laughs> oh, well, the, the answer to that is I have an amazing team. And you can't have a good practice or organization or family for that sake if you don't have a good team and a good team spirit. So I started in Tasmania working for another chiropractor, and there used to be two of us. And mm-hmm. now there's about 20 of us. Oh, my so goodness. So I always say it's a credit to my team. It's not just me organizing, but we have the four locations, and then we have um, the 12 or 16 practitioners now who rotate around the different locations that suit them best, and I always look for opportunities to maximize an individual's um, well-being. So I look for my colleagues who have a certain preference for a certain day and a certain place that they live so that I actually put them in the shift that it best suits them. Therefore, it brings the best results for everybody else. Yeah, yeah, well done. So it's not stressful at all. That's been really enlightening to me, Roberto. Um, Thank you very much. And congratulations. It's been great talking to you. And congratulations on winning the Beamer Award. Thank you. Yeah. We we were very excited, and we look forward to our continued relationship with Bioceuticals to continue to grow. Thanks, Roberto. Thanks for taking us through your passion and your practice. Thank you so much for your time. This is FX Radio, and I'm Andrew Whitfield Cook. Mm-hmm.